0: It is very hot today, isn't it? Hello. It's uh, it's on that Atlanta weather today. It is, yes, yes. It's very hot. It's very muggy. Ninety-five, oh. like sixty percent humidity. <laughs> it's sticky out. Yeah, and it's sticky inside a little bit. It's sticky inside. We did half of our workout inside, and I was just as sweaty as if we were outside. <laughs> and then we went outside, and it, it got
1: real wet. Yeah, it um, was pretty rough. But, so. We have this tiny little baby fan blowing (laughs) on us. Yo, it is trying. It's from the 80s. It is going as hard as it can. Which is about the level of someone sighing. It's just...
0: (laughs) That's the level that this fan is doing. It's moving the air and that's all that matters. I feel it. I feel air moving past my face. So apologies if you hear it a little bit on this shorter episode that we're
1: gonna do. It's a little hot.
0: So. We're going to spend
1: way too much time talking in the kitchen today. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Uh, So I wanted to bring to you and to all of our listeners, everybody who's hanging out with us right now. We all know, especially if you've listened to this podcast for a period of time, Chris Cross here has an affinity for a service called Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And he's a big fan of this service. Yes. And I, for a long time, ridiculed this service and I would mock him about his uh, rotten tomato scores going oh what is it probably like a 72 oh, okay and I found an article today which kind of reinforces the natural uh, uh, instinct I had about this service I don't know being nothing but fake news and shadows and lies
0: <laughs> okay
1: and the truth is out because of this article mm-hmm. this the truth is out I believe it was posted by who vulture 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 posted it. And for those of you who haven't seen the article about Rotten Tomatoes on Vulture, well, let me tell you. I'll give you the quick the quick debrief here. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is a website full of scams as PR firms are getting paid to artificially inflate certain films or sink certain films. So films like, I don't know, Black Adam perhaps weren't as truly and passionately rated by the fans as you may be led to believe. Yeah. Because, in fact, it was actually artificially Deflated by PR firms that wanted to knock it down, or you had films, conversely, inflated by PR firms that were paid to—I don't know—inflate the rating. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your opinion as a humble follower of both Rotten Tomatoes and your faith in Rotten Tomatoes. I, I want to hear how this news is hitting you. How you? How you doing today? How you're all right? You some heavy news. I am all right. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Thank you
0: for your concern. <laughs> I'm doing just fine. you doing all right? You hanging in there? Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so this article, for those who want to look it up, it's called The Decomposition of Rotten Tomatoes, which is a pretty banger title. Yeah, yeah. They know what they're doing. Uh, the most overrated metric in movies is erratic, reductive, and easily hacked, and yet Hollywood has Hollywood in its grip. It's written by Lane Brown, uh, with reporting by Luke Winky, um, and it's on The Vulture, or Vulture. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's an article all about kind of what Rotten Tomatoes is, how it works, how it has Hollywood in a death grip. It's like, if you want your movie to be successful, it needs to start with a good Rotten Tomatoes score because when people are like, let's go see a new movie. It's Tuesday. It's cheap movie day at Cinemark. Uh, let me see what's, Oh, that movie's very bad. I'm not going to go see that. And they just look and they see the green splat symbol and they go, that means it's bad. I don't want to watch it. Uh, But it could be because that movie has nine reviews and it was from small little blog posts that are like, uh, whatever, verified on Rotten Tomatoes because there's the critic review and the audience review. The audience review was originally Flickster reviews, I think. Um, But uh, most people just look at the critic review and make their judgment based off that. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't have a lot of reviews, you got to take that with a grain of salt. But a lot of people apparently don't. And it could tank movies. Yes, That's problem number one. Problem number two is that there are ways to sneak around getting verified on Rotten Tomatoes to be mm-hmm. a critic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are companies that supposedly, allegedly, you can pay to inflate your movies. And I don't think they really mentioned deflating other movies. Like, go tank this movie that's going to compete with us. What goes up must go down. I mean, that one, that one straight up seems illegal
1: yin and yang baby hey, free market economy. hey
0: uh, say some good stuff about our movie all right and we'll give you this uh car i don't know <laughs> um yeah that's that's apparently what's going on that's apparently what they found so I, I do have a couple thoughts on this um well i mean first i'm i'm okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm going to kind of still defend Rotten Tomatoes here is what you I'm going to do. you to defend gonna it. Okay. Part of it. Part of it. <laughs> okay. You know, obviously there are flaws. I'm not going to disagree with these flaws that these reporters put in a lot of work to go and find because I really respect investigative journalism. Uh, and I'm not going to instantly doubt that or because I like this website, I'm going to be like, no, it's not true. Um, but did you have anything you wanted to start with? Say
1: first. Uh, I knew the site was full of frauds and lies <laughs> since the beginning. And I was only reinforced by the reaction to Black Adam.
0: I feel like this article has given has lit your torch and handed you the pitchfork that you've so badly wanted and like
1: I knew it the whole time <laughs> I've been shouting it from the rooftops I think uh, I think it's a site that's um I've always thought it was it was I don't know I I I was never a fan of Rotten Tomatoes just because I feel like as a service it was always harsh always harsh yeah and i think unnecessarily harsh and i i just think because of that i didn't really give it a lot of interest and then you being a huge fan i was, I was thinking okay i'll give it a huge fan a huge fan i was thinking you know what i'll uh, i'll give it a little bit more of of some interest and uh, let's put it this way is it possible do you have a service like this that is pure and untainted? Because you could go on Yelp and see the same thing of people just bombing reviews of like... Not for long. My french fry was broken. Yeah, One star. And just that's still... That's so or a brand new restaurant that has
0: 100 reviews and five stars and it's like, oh my gosh, the service here is so great. I love yep. the lemon
1: chicken <laughs> pasta salad. Yes. Yeah. So is it... I'll counter with that question. Is it possible to have a service like this that's authentic and true?
0: Uh, n- like this, no. There's a way to, I think, do cleaner, more reputable uh, critic consensus reviews that, like, Metacritic does. Like, it's you're, it's basically Metacritic. Seems like the fair way to do this, as long as you don't look at the audience score, which is the most bad shit thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the Last of Us Two. 0.5 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Worst yeah. thing to ever happen to video games. Um, but they, they like comb. There's certain websites that have to go through a lot of like vetting to be able to input on Metacritic to have a sway on Metacritic. But then even with that, you get to things like everybody for years has criticized the video game website IGN of being biased and getting paid out. Yes. So even at the core, even... If you get a verified, the one of the biggest, if not the biggest gaming website to be verified and you're specifically manually going through and uh, and aggregating all of these things, it's like, oh, because this video game didn't pay IGN good enough, then they're going to get bad reviews or they're going to get accurate reviews maybe. Um, but the Call of Duty 17 Modern Warfare 2 Advanced Warfare 3 uh, is going to get a nine again. Uh, because Activision
1: pays the way, the best to IGN. I, I just realized I should have asked the better question. Before. Yeah, hey. Can you give an accurate review on art? Oh man. Uh, yes, here we go. We were that's... supposed to only do a 30 minute episode today. <laughs> that's what it's that's really what this is. If you think about it, it's it's not something I think something that is art like but is much more, I think. Uh, less abstract would be food. I think it's (laughs) rare that you have shit pizza and you have a conflicting review of the shit pizza. I think most people will say, overall, it is shit pizza. Yeah. I think there are people who will say, it's shit pizza, but I'll eat it. But I was, but they I was will raised say, on it. Yes. <laughs> but the but the words, it is shit pizza will be there. Yeah. I don't think that's... something. <laughs> I don't to- think they will. <laughs> <laughs> they would 100% will. They would 100% will. 100%. Yeah. I, I don't think there are people... I don't think that exists with art. Can you say that with art? Like like like? Can you give an accurate review to criticize art as a whole?
0: Well, that's a very interesting thing. <laughs> And I, I raise your counterpoint with my counterpoint. Okay. The best website for that is Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> because because it's paid with a no 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 PR no. no. Well, my original understanding of Rotten Tomatoes uh, before this this article absolutely shattered my world and ruined my day. Okay. Um. Uh, so what Rot- Rotten Tomatoes does that's different from Metacritic is Metacritic has a verified list of people who could submit uh, her, whose reviews can be looked at to form an aggregate review. Um, some websites work on a one through 10 system. Some work on a 20 point system, which is one through 10, but they could do like 7.5, 8.5, which is 20 points, not 10 points. Some do a one out of a hundred. Some do like school ratings. So like, this is a C plus C minus a plus, whatever. Some do stars. Um, and some do like the buy it, rent it, borrow it. Forget it. It's so like stuff like that. And they have to work with those websites to find an equal like okay, does your nine out of ten equal ninety out of a hundred? And what does that equal an A minus? Does that equal four start? Like they have to find an equivalent and then or make some common denominator algorithm that they could put all that through. And that's how you get our Metacritic score. Mm-hmm. So everybody gives it so here's a good example. Everybody gives a, a video game an 8 out of 10. On Metacritic, it will say it's an 8 out of 10. The way Rotten Tomatoes works is they subjectively look at all those reviews and decide, did this reviewer like the movie or dislike the movie? That's it. Is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Is it a fresh tomato or a rotten tomato? So that's why when you look at the individual reviews, it'll just be red or green. That's it. The green is bad. The red is good because it's tomatoes. Um, and then the percentage that you see is not a rating, but it is a percentage of critics who liked the movie. So in a movie has a 72 on Rotten Tomatoes. That means 72% of the reviews were favorable towards this movie. 30, no, 28 were negative, giving it a 72 score. And then certified fresh. I actually never knew what that was on Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't. I don't know what Certified Fresh is, because I've seen the, I don't know exactly what the threshold is you have to be at for Certified Fresh, but I've seen movies that are like a 71 that are Certified Fresh, and then I've seen movies that were like an 80 that weren't Certified Fresh. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh. So I think it's something that's a specific thing that the the critics at Rotten Tomatoes add to it, hmm. um, or like maybe very specifically like of the favorable favorable reviews, they weren't just all like three out of fives. Cause you could have a movie that's like a 90% because everybody thought it was a three out of five, but you get a movie that has a 70% because the 70% of people who liked it said it was like a five out of five or something like that. And then it wasn't for everybody. So that's why it's like 30% of people didn't like it. But that means it's certified fresh, which means if you like this type of movie, it's I I don't know. I'm guessing, but that's the difference between like Metacritic, which is the other big website like this that I could think of in Rotten Tomatoes. And I prefer Rotten Tomatoes because... <laughs> uh-huh. I really, I can rate things. I obviously do. I rate every movie I've seen on IMDb on a one through 10 rating, which is what they use. And I kind of, I put like 10 seconds of thought into it. Like, um, that was really good. Nine, uh, or something like that. But I really, all I care is if I go to a movie, if I spend money to go see this movie, or if I take two, three hours out of my day to watch the justice league movie, I want to know if that's going to be a waste of my day or not. (laughs) So I just need to know. What are the chances that I'm gonna think it's good? And that's what the Rotten Tomatoes score tells me. Because Metacritic is like, when you play this, you should think that it's a 77% good game. Not, I want, there's a 77% chance I'm gonna like this game. That's what Rotten Tomatoes tells me. Okay. And that chance for me, and I'm sure a lot of people are different from this, my feeling of a thing is usually fairly in line with the rotten tomato score by sheer happenstance not happenstance but there's something there of like the status quo the the most I'm a pretty average dude so i think 77% of people like the movie i'll probably
1: give it a 7 or 8 out of 10 okay there's exceptions so you review you watch or read the review before you see the movie not always
0: if I know I'm going to oh. see a movie, not necessarily. And sometimes I'll even avoid it because of the Uncharted 3 situation, which I think we've talked about in episodes past. Yes, we have. But I was so blown away by Uncharted 2 that I was so hyped up for Uncharted 3, and it got better reviews for than Uncharted 2. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. And I was whelmed. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't underwhelmed. I was just whelmed. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and that was disappointing to me. So sometimes I avoid reviews for that okay. exact game from 2011. Um but, like, say, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that just came out.
1: Yes. I was like, uh-uh. I'm not
0: super into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This isn't a movie I'm going to go run out to the theater to see. But it looks really interesting. Let me see how people like it. 94? There's a 94% chance I'm going to like this movie. I'm probably going to go see it now. Okay. Or not go see it, but I'm. that's, you know, but if it was like a 64... Okay, it's a 64% chance I'm going to like this movie, and I don't really like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I didn't really grow up on that. I'm going to skip that, because that's not a a high enough chance for me to go see it. Or like the Barbie movie is like in the 80s or 90s. It's like, okay, damn, that's a pretty high chance that I, as an enjoyer of movies, am going to go enjoy this movie. Okay. And that's all before this article. (laughs) So this article is like, people lie. Yeah. (laughs) They inflate numbers.
1: Which is like, okay, I could see that. But that leads me to my point and my question. Yeah. Can we even actually, can this authentically work? Because it's art. I I think the
0: very short answer of that long ramble that I did is no. Because even Metacritic, which I think works better than Rotten Tomatoes, which is an actual aggregate of quality scores, Mm -hmm. not a percentage of people who like it, even the scores that it's pulling from, we're pretty sure can be bought
1: out. <laughs> yeah, but it's, <clears throat> I mean more fundamentally. So I'm looking at that piece of art behind you yeah. on the wall. And this is a perfect beautiful example. Beautiful piece of art. It's <clears throat> a, there's a painting behind me on the wall. And you think it's beautiful?
0: It's really nice, yeah.
1: Okay, so you it's think it's a, beautiful.
0: It's an open window in a hilly countryside uh, with some plants on the windowsill, a jar of a, bo- a little cup of fruit. A glass of wine and some grapes on a plate with some cheese. Uh yeah, it's it's
1: nice to look at. It makes me feel nice. So that's art. Yeah, it's got good colors. So you would rate that certified. <laughs> that's certified fresh. That's certified fresh. Yeah. Okay, that's a certified fresh. Yeah, that's
0: a thumbs up for me, dog. Okay. That's a fresh tomato.
1: Okay. What if I fucking hate that painting?
0: That's a rotten tomato. That's a rotten tomato. Yeah. It's rotten so tomato. That painting right now has a fifty percent. So who's right? It's subjective. Art, art is subjective.
1: That's what I'm saying. So but hold on. Do you fucking hate that painting? Because it's no, a pretty good painting. No, I like that painting. Like it's that also painting. in your office. Yeah, I like the painting. I don't think it's mine. I think it came with the plate. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. It's integral to the. the it's nice. It's just it's, it's it's relaxing. I don't look at it enough, but it's it's a beautiful. I don't think I've ever looked at it. It's a beautifully well done uh, painting. Makes yeah. me think of uh, summer. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 A non humid under. Quick asterisk, every time I think it's, oh, it's so hot, and I keep seeing reports how this is the hottest summer on record, I always keep thinking, so far. And then I think, yeah. this is the coldest summer we'll have moving forward. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is- it's the coldest summer we'll ever have again. Yeah, this that's what I, that's what keeps going through my mind, and I keep doomsday thinking of how could I cool off at some point yeah. five years from now? Yeah. How am I going to stay cool? When you have to pay per gallon of water that comes out of your faucet. Yeah. 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 When I have to have a, a, a pedal to spin my own electricity because the grid gets knocked out. Yeah. When there's only certain hours of the day you're allowed to have your refrigerator running. Yeah. 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 That kind of... Anyways. <laughs> um, so that's my point, though. Like, on a fundamental level, movies are art. They're art collections of scenery, of audio, of music. They're art. And we are here saying that there's a way to accurately judge how good it is. Mm. And it's just how is that even a possibility? Who boy, I'm leaning forward, which I don't think I've, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you I I don't think I've ever done on the show. Because I, I keep trying to equate it to something like the painting, where I've been in plenty of museums and plenty of art museums, and there's pieces that are there that I go, I I don't I don't see why this is here. This is nothing to this me. this is not yeah. emotionally or mentally stimulating me the way art should. And then I see a piece right next to it, and I go, "Well, now this fucking thing, this thing blows that shit out the oh water." God, right? Yeah, and and of course you you will have professionals who will say, "Well, you're not connecting deep enough with the art." And I would fight back and say, "It's not that. It's it, I would blame the art not connecting to me because the art isn't properly expressed. Not wow. my ability to decipher <laughs> the message of the artist and the art. Right? So it sh- humble. It's not supposed." to... <laughs> The art is wrong. <laughs> no, but, but, but it's just, it's real. It's it's true. It's true. John Mayer had a quote. John Mayer, I remember this because it it, it changed a lot of my views. Uh, John Mayer had a quote. He was doing. You can look it up if you're listening right now and you want to watch this. John Mayer just showed up at Berkeley one day sure. and said, like he does. I'm going to give a session. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to talk to all the students." Uh, so just put it on this day. He shows up with his guitar, and he's like, "All right, cool. So I'm gonna talk to you about music." And he talks about music, hooks, how he writes, and then he starts t- asking questions and uh, and getting questions asked. And he's having a back and forth with the crowd. And he has a moment when he goes, "Okay, wait a minute. We're all Berkeley. I went to Berkeley. Yes, I dropped out, but we have, we've all we're all Berkeley musicians. We're top of the class. You know, we are creme de la creme." Yeah. So if I ask you, is top forty pop music? <clears throat> and the people who listen to it, uh, is that good music? And the crowd kind of chuckles. It's like it's four-chord progression pop music, right? And he goes, yeah. it's." And he says, it's four-chord progression pop music, whatever. Here's the thing, though. It doesn't matter how well you write music in the sense of your technicality and your ability with your knowledge and depth of understanding of, of your instrument. What matters is how you connect to people. And... You, if you think the public is dumb, I'm here to tell you, they are the smartest things, the smartest mm. people, to take your music, because people don't come up to me and say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you went to like, you switched from like like uh, Phrygian to Mixolydian on that third beat of that chord." Like I can't believe you were, like were able to do that. That was insane how you fit like you changed time signatures in the bridge. People don't say that. People come up to me and say. I couldn't stop crying listening to Stop This Train because it made me put it put my life into perspective. Mm. Right? It, or they tell me how they they suddenly saw somebody in a different light because of one of my top 40 songs. Are those the songs I'm the most proud of? No, not really. I have more fun doing much more technical stuff because yeah. that's the level I play to. But you have to realize that what hits and matters to people the most is going to be the most popular things that they attach to common denominator things yes they and the public will do that for you so when i say you just have to write good songs i'm not saying you have to blow away your friends who are professional musicians because you can do that but that's not going to resonate with the majority of people because you're not writing music for the majority of people when you do that you're writing it to show off to people who know what you're doing Mm -hmm. so i will tell you yes i have pop songs And yes, I, they are not all my favorite based on all my albums. I would say some of them are like halfway through my favorite, but, (laughs) um, but they are people's favorite songs and I love playing them because I love seeing that connection to people because it means something to them. And if it means the world to them, that's an amazing feeling. Yeah. And that's how I started seeing like quote unquote art in the sense of, well, is it actually good or is it just hitting the, the. Is it just pulling the strings in you in the proper way? And does that mean it's good? Or does that mean, or is good supposed to be, well, no, only the most technically proficient people are considered good? Yeah. It's like, "Ah, to a degree, yes. But I mean, yeah. You know what I'm saying? yeah, yeah. It's... uh, I mean, to so take it back
0: to art painting. Art b- painting. Before we take it back to, like, movies and Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. Yes. We're, we're a few tangents away from our original thing, but we'll get there. Tangents?
1: We, we don't go on tangents on we this got, podcast. We got a
0: few more to tie it back, but I think we'll tie it back nicely. Um, art is, like, there's so much art, and there's so many different styles, and there's so many different colors, and there's so many different feelings that could be represented in art, but there are some common denominators. Like, I think if art had a top 40... Okay. It would be like Monet. Give me some give everybody some water lilies. Everybody can be like that fucking slaps. Mm-hmm. That's good art. Um I really like some Mondrian, which okay. is just like the colored lines, just very straight, 90 degree geometrical stuff. You know, the Mona Lisa is very popular, but I think that's popular because it's the Mona Lisa. I don't think everybody goes, "Wow, that is a beautiful nun-looking lady." <laughs> um look how Mildly, she's smiling. Um, (laughs) um, But there are there are some common denominators. There's things that everybody agrees are beautiful or great or speak to them and things like that. But then there are some things that like aren't and are like maybe more rare. And then there are the people who are like Berkeley students. They're like, oh, this is so beautiful. And it's like that's purple. That's a big square purple. That's a purple square. It's like, oh no! But the brush strokes they use, the you heat, can tell
1: they use different fibers every other stroke, and they ex- change the shade only by two. And that to- represents their inner turmoil, and blah
0: blah blah. How they keep wanting to refine, but the the brushes are the really the thing holding the back, and shit like that. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. It's not good. Like it doesn't, but it doesn't look good. <laughs> Which is like that shit, the, the shit that Berkeley music's uh, Ber- Berkeley musicians spit out. So there's that. And then there's also movies like that. Where it's like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, it's fucking boring. What? But everybody's like, "Oh, this That's a so good movie! That's a good movie! It's amazing! It's a movie!"
1: How can you say that?
0: What? Well, hold on. What's another example? Uh, I don't know. Some like Os- Oscar oh, jerk movie. Oh, come on! You gotta you gotta pull something out here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm gonna say it. I think he was incredible in it, but the whale. Brendan Fraser, The Whale. That movie is really fucking boring. <laughs> it was about an English teacher being upset because he's fat. And then it has a weird ending that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's a metaphor. And, oh, oh, it's amazing. But then everybody goes to see the Barbie movie, and it's funny, and it's bright, and has music, and it elicits a big emotional reaction from pretty much everybody who sees it. Like, that's common denominator good art. That's water lilies. That's, like, damn, that's beautiful. Someone made really beautiful stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And, but, so, the thing with going to museums and things like that that everybody says is good, I think that's the Metacritic thing of, like, Metacritic is they take the score that people who are trained to give scores to things say that the score should be where I think what art museums could use is a little bit of Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> where it's just people say, you look at it and go, that's good art. Or that's bad art. That's just a very boring picture of uh, George Washington and a dog behind him. I, I don't care about this. That's a picture. We invented cameras. This is useless. Or maybe, I don't know. Something like, I mean, that I would probably appreciate that. He's like, damn, that dude had to sit in front of that for three hours while a guy like painted his pores and stuff like that. But anyway a bunch of people saying there's a 70% chance that you'll like this art if you enjoy any type of art. Um, but like, there's some like really obscure shit where it's like, it's so that art is so far up its own ass. I don't like it. Not, not whatever. I don't know. I don't really know the point that I'm getting at, but the whole thing that I feel of rotten tomatoes is I look at it as a, as an insurance policy of how much am I going to like, the 20 minutes that I have to get to the movie, the cost of the ticket, all the stupid Maria Menounos movie trailers that I have to watch, uh, and then <laughs> the, the really obnoxious Coke commercial that I've seen a million times. With the
1: big straw coming through, you mean?
0: No, that one's really nice. <laughs> the co- Coca-Cola and popcorn ASMR. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, no, no, no. That one's good. The one, The one where the guy... It's showing everybody reacting to this intense moment in a movie, and a guy walks in with his popcorn. Apparently, fucking at a twist part in the movie. Yeah. it was like the and the moral of the story is get your food before the movie. Yeah. Who, what fucking psychopath gets up in the middle of the movie to go get pizza? Like you're doing it wrong. You don't. You deserve to miss that part. Yes. Anyway, so I have to sit through that anger that I get, that gets stirred up within me to go see this movie. So I want Rotten Tomatoes to say, hey,
1: seventy percent of the people who saw this movie liked it. I think you make a good point that. The way we judge our own experiences, because I judge my experience for a movie is kind of like what you said: is it worth the hassle of getting there and getting back? Yeah, usually it's late as well, mm-hmm. so just having a late night. Yeah, because I'm old and tired at all yeah. times. Yep. And then number two is every time I sit down and start watching it, I always immediately compare it to the experience of something else. Is okay. this movie gonna be as good as Mad Max: Fury Road? Oh, wow. Is this movie going to be as good as Endgame? Interesting. Is this movie going to be as good as uh, Star Trek? Mm. Is this movie going to be as good as Star Wars? Is this movie going to be as good? And I always put it into one of those bubbles of comparison immediately. Just to be like, okay, I remember the last experience I had that was good. And that is how I'm judging good right now. And I'm going to see if my feelings and emotions match that level of good mm. for me to determine if this is good and that's how I kind of start yeah i think that's fair right yeah that's how i do you it you start with good or bad like when i walked into black panther wakanda forever yeah i well that was also that has an asterisk but i i was going into that going okay i guess i can really only compare this to black panther yeah so i'll compare this to when i saw black panther let's see how it goes And then that movie started off, and I went, oh shit. Like, right. legit, when the Marvel logo came in and it was silent, I thought, oh, shit. Like, that's legit what went through was, my mind. And it was purple. Yeah. yeah. I went, oh, boy. And okay. then the first
0: 60 seconds of that movie happened. The, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I just yeah. went, oh, boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. That still wrecked me. Came yeah. out of nowhere. Right. Just um,
1: immediately at the start. Uh, so that's. I that's, think that's fair. But you start with, like, good or bad.
0: So you're like you're watching Wakanda Forever and you're like this movie is good. And then you're watching Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania and you're like this movie is bad.
1: Well, no, cuz <laughs> I'm not comparing Ant-Man and Wasp to I compared that experience to the uh Ant-Man movie. Okay. I went, okay, let's see how this Is this better Ant-Man. or worse than Ant-Man and Ant-Man is and, and the Wasp? Is my experience,
0: yeah. Okay. Along those lines. You also do put a lot of weight into the experience yes i'll be like how was ant-man and the wasp be like the people next to me (laughs) and i was like cool but they aren't always there so next time you watch it it won't be the same true (laughs) that was the part you saw with your eyes and heard with your ears um yeah uh i think that's fair uh and and i think that's kind of where i start to like as i'm watching a movie i can be like i like this i don't really like this and then as i think about it and i ponder i I like this but i didn't like this and i thought that part was
1: really cool but i thought this part could have been done better eight out of ten or whatever but what were you going to say? Do you not put into the experience of the movie anything that you have going on around it? No. I mean, if I'm talking about the experience of the movie, but I don't
0: rate movies based off of that. I'm not going to okay. say that Balto is bad because my grandfather died while I was watching it once. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> true. True story. If that wasn't specific enough. No, for I, you. I figured because you said it. Very, that was a very specific. Yeah. That was a deep pull. <laughs> yeah. um, I. I don't. I don't put that into my overall rating of the movie, but it's certainly part of the movie-going experience. Yeah. If you want me to, if you, if the industry wants me to go to a movie theater to have this big, amazing experience, bigger and better, when you're we're the now movie theater, if it's that you're selling me as your service of product. And then I deal with a TikToker, an eight-year-old TikToker yeah. next to me the whole time, and the parents are just, you know, falling asleep. Yeah, that ruins my experience. Yeah. And guess what? I have a bad time. Yeah. Sure. You're right, though. That's like to going to art. an art museum and someone farts. Is like, does that make the art worse? <laughs> no, but it diminishes your experience of it. Yeah, it diminishes your experience of it. If yeah. you were there and you were looking at a a, a, a the most amazing art ever. Yeah. And you're you're just going, you're getting blown away by it as you're taking it I'm all in. Blown away by someone's fart. No, and then let's say somebody throws up on you. Yeah, well, yeah, because you, you know art museums. Yeah, well, you know if you go to some of the exhibits, they got free drinks, they got open bars. <laughs> yeah. Hors durs, maybe yeah, the yeah, crab yeah. meat's bad. I don't know. Yep. And somebody throws up on you, it will impact your 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 perception of it at yeah.
0: some level. Sure. I completely compartmentalize that from the thing itself. I won't even the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. If someone threw up on me in that museum, I wouldn't think less of the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. I might not want to go back there because it would remind me of the time I got pineapple mango uh, margarita all over me that someone threw up. Well, now this
1: makes me think of, okay, so if it's completely separate, then why is the experience itself so designed to be what it is? If if you could objectively see the most beautiful piece of art ever in a fucking dumpster in an alleyway and have the same feeling of experience and judgment of quality... That's Banksy, baby. You, <laughs> that's true. But Banksy, though, is when people take pictures of Banksy. That is the presentation of that art as well.
0: Uh, it's not just...
1: Well, yeah. It's not just iPhone camera shots of a Banksy piece. It's like beautifully. It's a beautifully shot. well done, yeah. produced picture of a Banksy piece. Yeah,
0: but it's also it's an installment. If you want to get technical, like you could go to that street in London and see yeah. the thing there. Yeah. After people take photos of it. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I I think the thing uh, the thing is separate from the experience. Although the experience to answer your question, the movie theater experience is designed to give the movie. The best average experience that you can give it. Universal. Universal, Yeah, it raises the experience, and then eight year old TikTokers lower it again. But if you were, but if movie theaters didn't exist and you watched the same movie in your living room downstairs, and an eight year old TikToker came into your room and was like,
1: I spilled popcorn.
0: (laughs) Hey, everybody. Thanks for subscribing. (laughs) I spilled popcorn. (laughs) Uh, That would be even worse than that experience, but in a movie theater. True. You know, the movie theater True. brings that back up. True. <laughs> but uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on, and I know we we were aiming to do a short 30-minute episode today, but you we know are. we go long. We're short. Uh, the other thing on both Metacritic that I talked about and Rotten Tomatoes, the flickster score, the audience score. Yeah, yeah. Usually cannot be trusted. In certain situations, your Black Adams, your oh, uh, what's the nineties movie about the two Irish hitmen? Willem Dafoe is in it. Norman Reedus is in it. Oh, um, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Yeah. Do you know what that has on Rotten Tomatoes? A 95. as like a 17 critic score.
1: Boondock Saints? But like a
0: 99 audience score.
1: <laughs> it's amazing.
0: Yeah, not according to critics when it came out. That movie's amazing. Dog shit movie. Had no idea what it was doing. Didn't they say the same thing about the Matrix? Cult classic. Uh, no, Matrix is very high, but like the sequels, very low. And Matrix, the fourth
1: one, pr- uh, pretty low. So it, it's it's the same thing. That's what happens. Like, okay, okay. Well, no, that's not the same equivalent. Never mind. That's not the same equivalent.
0: But what I was getting at the audience score and situations like that. Boondock Saints for you, Black Adam. For me, no. I'm gonna trust the critics. But uh, in a lot of situations, the kind of the audience score kind of levels it out where, like, someone will say, like, uh, the video game Fallout 76. When that came out, critics were not a big fan of it. It was buggy. It wasn't well-balanced. Blah, blah, blah. But the fans, the people who wanted to play it and the people who played it and bought it and were having fun with their friends got a different experience than the critics got, and they liked it for different reasons, or they maybe disliked it for different reasons. But the audience score has always been higher for things like Fallout 76. Um, so like you can you can take that into account but for the most part you should completely ignore the audience (laughs) scores because they'll get review bombed they'll get review inflated true true
1: true like the last
0: of us part two is objectively a marvel of video gaming achievement the story is very polarizing uh, because it does some wild things with the story that are very interesting but not for everybody but f- I'm not even going to say fans. People <laughs> on the internet hated certain things that it did and certain ways that the company responded. Certain things that were completely separate from the game, their own homophobia and their own dislike for the the creators of the game altered the way they thought about the thing. So I, like on Metacritic, the audience score is on a scale of 1 to 10, and it averages that. So what they say is they say, hmm, it currently has a 90% and I think that's too high. So I'm going to give it a one so I can lower the average because I'm not interested in giving my actual one through 10 opinion of the game. I'm interested in lowering the score. (laughs) So I'm going to give it a one, even though I don't think it's a one, I might think it's a five. It's bad faith. Yeah, it's bad faith. That happens all the time with audience things, audience things. Can almost never be trusted. If there's a movie that just comes out and is what it is, and people say what they think about it, then that can be trusted.
1: Um, So how do you buy Steam games? Do you read reviews or no? Do you go overwhelmingly positive, overwhelmingly negative? So that's interesting. With video games these days... Overwatch 2, overwhelmingly negative. Oh, I got review-bombed. I, I think it's going to be great. I'm going to download this I game. I don't think Overwatch <laughs> 2 got review-bombed. <laughs> no, I don't I think, think
0: so either. <laughs> I think the, the reception to Overwatch 2 is overwhelmingly negative. Yeah. Um, but with I, I buy so few games nowadays. When I In my PS3 era, when I used to work at GameStop, I bought at least a video game every week. Uh, and I would buy and play a lot of video games. So I would be more in tune with the reviews. There are a few podcasts that I listen to where people kind of give their thoughts and it was more like, what's good. What's bad. Oh, people are saying this is bad, but it did this really interesting thing. And I want to see how they did that. Nowadays. I, I have a few staple games like the Minecrafts, the Zeldas, the Skyrims that I always, they fill up a lot of my time. And then a few big ones that come out. Like, I really wanted to get the the Hogwarts Legacy game. Like, I just didn't have time to sink oh, into that. Oh, right, right. So now right. we got the Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I'm going to get the next one I'm probably going to get a Spider-Man. Um, uh-huh. So kind of what I do is, like, they're few and far between. So I have to be naturally excited for it before it comes out. Mm-hmm. I think coming from a studio or a place that I can trust, like, ooh, this is a Greta Gerwig movie. <laughs> That's, gonna, yeah. be a, that's okay. gonna be a good movie. Okay. But like a video game, like, ooh, that's this this game is made by oh my god, I forgot. Insomniac. They make this the Spider Man games. It's gonna be good. They haven't made a bad game yet. Um And then I kind of pick up on like YouTube reactions to it. Like there's certain YouTubers that I follow and I kind of take their advice with the biggest grain of salt. And then kind of If I naturally see YouTube videos of people just having a lot of fun with it, then I'm like, this game must be fun. Because the videos that people are naturally making to this, i like, look at all these crazy things that are happening in Baldur's Gate 3. But then if there's a video game or like, glitch compilation (laughs) of Starfield, I'd be like, if that's what people have decided to say about this game, shit, it's probably not a mind-blowing experience because I would be seeing those YouTube videos. So for video games, that's kind of where I land. But for movies, it's way less of a commitment to see a movie than it is to buy and play a video game. Movies are ten dollars; they take two hours. Video games are sixty to seventy dollars, and they could take up to a hundred hours or more. Or yeah, or more. In Baldur's Gate three, I'm gonna yeah. spend the rest of my life in that game. But um, Zelda too. You
1: beat Zelda, right? Though
0: I beat Zelda oh. over a hundred hours. <laughs> yeah, you have um, time. Holy shit! You have time. well, I make time for Zelda. Okay. <laughs> I clear my weekends. Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, I guess that. Music I don't give a shit about. If something's new, I'm going to listen to the whole thing on Spotify and then say, I did not like that. Yes. <laughs> and then just never listen to it again. Because that's such a small commitment. It's on Spotify. I'm already paying for it. It's three minutes long. Uh, I'll listen to that and a bunch of other things in the car ride. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like chores. <laughs> um, trying to think of what else. Oh, TV shows. TV shows needs to come from a personal recommendation really there's a few people who i trust your judgment if you tell me that a tv show is good that's a big point towards that tv show if that other person who i trust also tells me it's good i really gotta watch this show i don't think i've ever recommended a show to you you recommended that cartoon one where the guy smokes a bunch of weed and
1: oh you are so (laughs) You're right, though. I did recommend that. Yeah, hard. hard.
0: (laughs) I think it's still on our list. It is a
1: life changer, dude. Midnight Gospel, it's still on the list. You need to watch it. (laughs) I watched an episode. You need to watch all of it. I need to check out the Rotten Tomatoes rating for it. Well, here's the thing. The the thing is, as like, okay. Midnight Gospel is on Netflix, for those of you who don't know. And yes, it is kind of what Chris said but the actual if you pay attention to it yeah and you ingest the whole season it's one season it's like seven episodes what it does is that it takes you through an entire life cycle of thought processing about your existence and what it means to exist and i'm telling you can we
0: wrap this episode up with uh the rotten tomatoes information for midnight gospel the audience score? I'll
1: give you both. Okay. Do you want to guess? Critic score and then audience score? Well, critics probably... Critics are critics. And, you know, because the wine wasn't decanted for 45 seconds, it was only decanted for 20. Therefore, it ruined the tannins. So they probably said it was a like a five or something horrible.
0: What, what do you think the Rotten Tomato score for Midnight Gospel is?
1: Like a five to a seven. For season one.
0: Five to seven? Yeah. Out of a hundred? I don't see critics liking it. Okay. And then what do you think the audience score is? Ooh. 85. Okay. The audience score is an 89. Oh, so I was so low. pretty nailed it. You were low. The critic score, I'm very excited to tell you this number, is a 91. Holy shh. <laughs> It was decanted for just the right amount of time. <laughs> Certified fresh. 35 reviews, so not a ton. Because it's a, it's a pretty small release show.
1: Does, does this mean you'll watch it now? Yeah. Don't... <laughs> so, like, again... It's, Critics' consensus, Midnight
0: Gospel's strange brew won't be for all tastes, but those willing to drink deep will find a wealth of vibrant visuals and illuminating insights.
1: It's... It's... It's really... It's 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 not dark, but it's kind of dark. But it's about essentially, in real existential. Well, in reality, it's about not so much being existential. It's more about having to accept death as a part of your existence. I'm into that these days. <laughs> it, it, Maybe two years ago, when you were really on me about watching this, not so much. But nowadays... it's not about like accepting your death. It's more about accepting it as a part of who, part of like your life. Yeah, of what you go through, and. It starts, if you saw the first episode, doesn't seem like that's where it's going. Yeah. But, it, but like, it goes into that of, like, how do you handle the loss of control? Yeah. And you don't realize that until you realize, like, oh, they are kind of showing that on screen. Yeah. Like, what's happening? It's wacky, wild shit. Because
0: the whole thing, for those who don't know, the audio does not really match up with the visuals. It's like a guy giving a monologue. And then the visuals are completely something else. I
1: forget what the first one is like, but it was like the first time he did uh, mushrooms. Well, so he has the ability to jump into a different like dimension. And when the he does. Character. Yeah. And he just appears as a different character or thing in yeah. that dimension. And the first one, I think he was, he was with a king the president right oh the not the, king, the president And yeah. there zombies uh, over zombies there. were attacking the white house yeah. so the
0: visuals you were seeing was like a zombie apocalypse on the white house and they were fighting them off with like m60s and apache helicopters and they and, and stuff. he was talking to the president about the legality of weed yeah exactly yes. but like it sounded like it was like a, a one person podcast there was two
1: each each episode is a different guest
0: okay so, so it's it's like a podcast it sounds like a podcast but what they animate is something completely different. But the characters are speaking as if they're in the podcast.
1: They so just yes, like, but what so they're animating, long... what they're animating is in alignment with what they're saying. Yes, loosely. So like very. Loosely. You need to like metaphorically. You need to be paying. It forces you to pay attention to the audio more than the visual. Yeah, and that's when like you. That's what I meant by letting go. Yeah, like. <laughs> If, if you go back two years, I was telling this to Chris, and I told him, when you watch it, you need to let go. Because and by that, you meant get really high. <laughs> no, I meant like <laughs> we always have the need for control of understanding and aligning what we're experiencing to something that we can find relatable to put it into a process, right? To process it. Yeah. So with this, you can't do that because it forces you to be like, either I have the visual or the audio. Yeah. What the hell is happening? And if you it, you need to focus the audio. And if you focus on the audio and you just let go of what you're seeing and you just let it come to you and you fall into the audio, the audio is what's teaching you everything. And the visuals are kind of just what's carrying you in the waves. Sure, 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 sure. So there's the difference between hearing and listening.
0: You have to listen to the audio. Yeah, but then there's this the difference audio. between seeing and watching. You just have to see the visuals. You don't really want to watch them. Yes. You want to listen.
1: Plug into your ears. Yes. But your eyes are just open. And then it will all of a sudden start connecting. Oh my and god. There's I want to say it's the third episode is when it starts connecting. It's like a story. Yep. And especially for those of you who've seen it, that prison episode, that's when it starts getting heavy. Okay. Like you know kind of how in season one Rick and Morty it doesn't get heavy until the final two yeah, episodes. Yeah. yeah, It's that. Okay. And then all of a sudden it's just boom, and then you go, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're <laughs> going <laughs> we're going through a whole different thing now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that's when hits and then it's a beautiful ride Well, not not be let me rephrase that it's a ride to a beautiful finish cool i like it maybe okay. i'll give it a chance now
0: that my, now my that favorite website w- in the world loves it <laughs> yeah has been bought out by shills uh to to make it look good well uh thank you everybody for listening to this 30 <laughs> minutes shorter 30 minute <laughs> episode as you look at the time and you're like wow this is 49 uh minutes and 16 seconds into it um But thank you for listening to this one. It was kind of a different thing. We talked about one subject. We were really interested in this article that we read. Feel free to go read the article if you want to gather your own thoughts. If you enjoyed this type of thing, share it with a friend who you might enjoy it. And uh, give us a rating if this is a a cool direction you want us to go into. Uh, But thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, everybody.
1: Bye. Stay cool. Let's see if you can hear the fan. Can, can you, hear you hear the, hear fan, the fan? That's oh, I'm almost on. positive
0: you can <laughs> hear the
1: fan. Hold on. All right.
0: Let's All right. Let's see if you can hear
1: that. All right.